Another week with War Room the Hockey Podcast, uh, episode 36 this week. Wow. Um, 36. 36. Um, anyways, uh, this week, another week, as I mentioned in last week's episode, um, not a whole lot of headlines to open the show. We um, we open the show normally with some headlines before we get to the meat of, of each episode. Uh, this last week, this week, and um, maybe another couple weeks will be... Uh, Headlines will be the meat of the episode, so not a whole lot of headlines to to open. So it'll be a quick introduction each week. Um, this week, uh, intangibles, correct? Yep. Uh, this week, um, team camaraderie, different things like that. Just the different intangibles for what makes or breaks a team, and and all the the nitty gritty and good stuff like that. So um, episode thirty six this week of War Room the Hockey Podcast. Before anything, hit hit the pause button. Uh, make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe. Leave a, a rating and a review, preferably a five-star rating if you feel generous. Um, head to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Warroom the Hockey Podcast, Warroom the Hockey Podcast, and at War Hockey, respectively. Uh, give us a like and a follow. Uh, share with family and friends. We appreciate the continued support. Uh, so s- settle in uh, for episode 36 this week. Um, Still amazed that it's 36 episodes. Flying by. Uh, and listen, if you if it's the appropriate time of the day, and if you're not operating heavy equipment, crack open a cold one for this episode. Yes, enjoy. Um, but episode 36 this week of War Room, the Hockey Podcast, covering the intangibles. Settle in and enjoy. Episode 36 this week of War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, tuning in each week. We appreciate it. This week... Uh, we are covering the intangibles. Um, and I guess everybody can have maybe their own. Well, they're intangibles for a reason. There really is no. Um, it's all subjective. It's subjective. Um, it is. Um, but uh, so you guys can all decide for yourself what would be your intangibles. Um, uh, but the intangibles of the game, I guess, w- that we're covering would be, if it's fair to say, you're you're kind of the expert on it here. Um, would be <laughs> would be the ones that aren't up for interpretation they're the ones that you do need to be successful correct absolutely so they're not subjective it's not it's no it's there's nothing subjective about work ethic desire will uh, preparation all those things are they're impossible to put into an analytic they're impossible to diagram on a whiteboard but they're also impossible to win without so that's why you're seeing, and what brought this up originally was our discussion of how some teams are struggling with superior talent. Right now, you've got Vegas bouncing around at 500. You've got the Maple Leafs struggling tremendously, Tampa Bay. Uh, and you've got teams that, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, for example, uh, the Ducks are playing well. These are teams that do not look as good on paper, but they just work you to death they they grind and they have desire in every spot on the lineup and it kind of brought us to this discussion of why there are guys that make it and guys that don't and and we can get a little little further into that as we go along but it's every year you see this you see it all the time you watch you watch Colorado play almost every uh, 82 games a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that they're, you know, you know they've been getting getting the job done with superior work. And that's, whether that's coaching, 
I don't know. Maybe it's leadership I, in the room. I think it's, I don't I think know. it's a mixture of things. Wait, if we're, if, we're talking, if we're talking specifically about Colorado, it's a mixture of everything. Bednar is an underrated coach who's Absolutely got them, who's got them playing pure heart, pure for each other and with pure heart. Yeah. Um, it's the leadership in the room. It's Gabe Landeskog, who, in my opinion, is uh, doesn't get enough credit for the type of captain and man and leader that he is um it's him it's eric johnson who is rock solid steady on the back end and in the room it's um it's mckinnon who who's really coming into his own as a young man and and a professional and it's um matt sokolowski the trainer it's the coaching staff it's everybody that is that it's the equipment. It's the stick boy and the the equipment manager and everybody who gets things. It's everybody in Colorado right now that, um, especially now as of this recording with the injuries they're facing, that are keeping the room together and they're coming and they're still coming out and competing, win or lose. They're they're at least in the games and they're competing, and that's something that goes to the intangibles but it goes to a mixture of everything it's not one person or one one thing Never. so no it's there the reason coaches get fired though is because the first the first place to look is if you're if you've got the talent and the guys are not playing hard uh and i'll use the maple leafs as an example because i see nearly every game they play they are not playing hard it's it's embarrassing how much they get outworked every single night. Some nights they play 30 or 40 minutes. I I don't know if I've seen them play 60 minutes of lights out hockey this year. And by lights out, I don't mean uh, all the fancy behind the back passes and nonsense like that. I mean guys that are just willing to get in the corners and work. They don't have it. And they don't have the personnel for it. But the guys are not playing for Mike Babcock. And they might not tell you that, but they're not doing it. And Rick Tockett's got his guys playing hard. Bednar's got his guys playing hard. Dave Tippett has his guys playing hard. That it's whether it's the leadership in the room or whether it's the leadership in the room responding to the coach. That's the first place that intangibles have to go. That has to be done. It's the old will versus skill argument, and you can. And it goes back to when if when a guy first puts on skates as a as a timbit or a mite. hockey's fun but it's it's not fun to just mess around at it it's not fun to suck it's not fun to get beat so as fun as the game is it is way more fun if you're working hard and you're succeeding and at least when you walk back in the room you're you know you gave it all yep so um but no you know I think it it will shines shines through. You know, I think I think more with a team like uh, Colorado than anything right now with their injuries. I mean, well, you, you run you run through their injuries. Um, they're down to their fourth. Landeskog and McKinnon, or not McKinnon, Landeskog and Rantanen are out long term. Um, as of this recording, uh, Rantanen is skating, but again, um, like mentioned last week, um, there's no timetable set on his return even though he's skating uh Zadorov has returned to the lineup uh, but Landeskog and Rantanen are out uh Colin Wilson who is a solid bottom six depth guy is out um Francois 
your your number two goaltender out, Grubauer, your number one goaltender out. Um, go down. I mean, just now now as of last week's recording, uh, Matt Calvert out. Right. I mean, you're looking at a team now who is basically the Colorado Eagles in the NHL. I mean, let's be real here. And you're now looking at guys like Jason Megna, TJ Tynan, pulling everyday shift, regular shifts and yep. regular minutes. You're looking at Adam Werner, who gets in his first relief appearance, although you could technically call it maybe a start, even though it won't statistically be that way, 30 seconds in with a 40-save shutout against Winnipeg. You're looking at Antoine Bebo getting his first win in three years. You're you're looking at a team who is riddled, and yet due to the leadership, due to those intangibles, with with exception of a game here and a game there like they had against Edmonton, they are, they are in every game, and they are still competing, and they're still pulling out two points. Yeah. It, it's, there's, there's chemistry. There's work ethic. There's just uh, whether it's all of the personalities that work well together, um, who knows what it is. It's, it's not real easy to define. It's real easy to identify. It just it jumps right off the television screen at you or right off the ice if you're at the game as, as the desire and the will comes it comes through in spades but it, you can't define it you can identify it but it, who knows what makes it work it's the same with chemistry why is it that one guy why is James Neal having such a good year playing for Tippett with that team and he had so much trouble last year in Calgary why will guys play so hard for Craig Berube and Mike Yo didn't have a didn't have any portion of that room following him. So I, who knows, but it's, um, that's where you're looking for. That's what that's, you can read the stats and you can do the analytics and all that. And you will end up with the Maple Leafs. You, you get, you get it right with the intangibles and you, you, then you end up with a guy like a Matt Calvert, uh, years ago, Dave Reed, um, the league had a lot more of those guys in it 25 years ago than it does now. But wow. So you never know what you're drafting. Why is it that Josh Hosang can't find a job? Supremely, supremely talented kid has been since he was 14. Cannot get a job. Never makes it out of camp. Same thing. Like, just and so if you if you're a hockey parent or if you're a young hockey player or if you're a coach if you're in minor hockey someplace do your best to keep instilling the teamwork and chemistry and work ethic aspects of the game in your guys no matter what age they are that that's what makes it fun that's the at, at the at, when the, when the buzzer sounds, you you leave win or lose, and you well we we gave it everything. It just wasn't our night. We didn't get the bounces. We hit a couple of crossbars, and we lost. But if you just flounder around and don't give the effort, it is never satisfying at any age. It just simply isn't. No, it's not. So here's one: his teammates are concerned. We remember a guy who used to go to the scorers' table and try to steal goals from his teammates, right? You remember this guy from minor hockey? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the kind of guy or, or the guys that that I, a lot of them I had in high school even. And here's 15, 16, 17-year-old kids who 
all they cared about was their ice time. Why am I not on the power play? Why am I not out there? Did I get as many shifts as this guy or that guy? Couldn't care less about the wins and losses. Working hard was irrelevant. Character, chemistry, work ethic, all these things are totally irrelevant. What I care about is my ice time. If that's the kind of player you're raising, shame on you. He's not going anywhere. Well, it's if that's the kind of player you are, give up because you're done. And this is this is all I'm going to say about it because we've harped on it enough. But it's also you see a lot of it too nowadays with how you're raising your your young kids in youth hockey and how you're coaching the young kids in youth hockey of of the it's not enough to put the puck on net anymore. It's you're now you're now not doing a good enough job if you're not going bar down. <laughs> Right, right. If right. the kid, if the kid's not sniping top cheddar and <laughs> and going bar down, all of a sudden, well, he's not a good player and he can't shoot the puck. And oh, well, what fun is that? So, here's a to, the, to of- the point where now, ninety nine percent of shots miss the net. All these things because rather than just put the puck on net and rather than be able to say, hey, I scored two goals tonight through the five hole. Right. Now all of a sudden, it's not fancy or cool or whatever word you want to use unless you go bar down. It's the and you've got YouTube you, factor here. And to go on the discussion of a couple episodes ago, and this will all be a, this will is all I'm going to say about it. You got the same coaches we mentioned a few weeks ago, who are now teaching how to shoot the puck, and I witnessed it firsthand, standing there watching, teaching how to shoot the puck that very way. <laughs> so now you're instead of teaching the proper the proper way to shoot the puck. And the proper way to do things, which is to put the puck on net, you're now having coaches teach going bar down and teach shooting top corner and all these things. And it's and it's it's ridiculous. And what that means is that there's a lot of levels that are missing intangibles. Well, that's why at the end of the at the end of the night, you look at the shot chart and there's 61 shot attempts and 24 on goal. It happens every night. And part of that is when a really, really good goaltender gets in your head, but this is at the higher level, goal, real good goaltender gets in your head and you think, well, I, I got to hit corners. I got to start shooting for corners. Some guys are good enough to do that. Some are not. But in general, especially what gets me is in the pregame skate. Guys are out there getting warmed up. All you can hear is pucks being bounced off the glass. Mm-hmm. And then the goaltender jumps in the net, and what? They're whizzing it by his ears. And I mean, he's getting them, and guys are trying to score on him. Forget letting your goaltender feel the puck. Forget letting him read and react to getting his timing in. They're they're trying to score in the pregame mm-hmm. skate. Good grief! You know, you maybe would have thought about that for the last fifteen years in practice, not in the pregame skate. So it, it's just, it, it goes to show you though, that there's multiple levels of the game from youth hockey on up that are just missing the intangibles. Listen, that's And it why goes to show you that this, this conversation of the intangibles can be applied to really any episode we've talked about oh, sure. and any episode we've had, including uh, uh, a week or two ago when we had our very serious money conversation and, and things about youth hockey and things like that. The intangibles can be applied to that very episode and that very topic. I mean, it, it's top-down, not only in youth hockey from directors down, but it's also top-down from from even the pros to kids. Right. I mean, it, it, the, 
tangibles aren't there, as is evidenced by trophies for participating and (laughs) things like that. Yeah, there you go. So, because it's true. Let's not get political, but but trophies for participating teach kids and teach families that you don't have to work hard. You don't have to participate. You don't have to be a team player. You don't have to have any of those intangibles that we talk about. All you have to do is simply show up. All you have to simply do is be a warm body on the field, on the ice, on the bench, on wherever. And hey, I'm going to walk out with a trophy. You know, and so it, it just it creates an epidemic at that point of now kids growing up destined for failure as adults because they have this idea that life is easy, that life is handed to you, that that all you have to do is show up and you won't get fired from your job and and these different things. And they learn the hard way at that point. You're not doing them any favors. So so as coaches, and and I don't want to sound like I know any more than anybody else. I'm not a parent yet. I'm, you know, any, I coached a, a, a couple seasons. I've, you know, all this stuff, but common sense dictates that let's, let's teach our, our, the next generation, our kids, uh, the kids we're coaching our very own children, our own offspring, things like that, that you work at, Anything worth having takes work, and you work for it, and it's not going to be handed to you, and that's how you create young men worthy of spending your time with and and having on your team and being around, because you, you teach this to the point where now they become the type of leader like a Gabe Landeskog or a John Tavares or, Listen, or anybody I... like that who, who understands and is that quiet leader, but understands the work ethic that goes into it and hey we failed to make the playoffs that's because we played poorly we got to be better now let's go into the offseason prepare to be better rather than things being handed to you because you're just there how often do you see guys in their in their option year of their contract having a career year so all of a sudden you know, I've had 42 points uh, over the last four or five years, and now I'm in my option year, and now I'm going to put up 60. I'm going to play my heart out because I might get paid more. It, it's we still, as you know, I still skate in a couple of uh, in, in a couple of groups. It's a no whistle game. It's an honor game. You call your own stuff. It's a it's just basically a sticks in the middle kind of an east west game. It's not even it's not even as organized as beer league. But in both groups, if you don't work hard, they don't invite you to come back. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants tries too hard guy. But you really, I mean, you can't float on the back check. You can't fail to headman the puck. You got to hit the net. You got to try. If you don't put the effort out, they will uninvite you. And that's, that's what I like about these guys. And, and I applaud them for it. Um, they just, they won't, I mean, you sit in the room after and everybody's having a couple of cold ones and having a great time, but it's only because you've gone out there and given a hundred percent. And it's, you know, that's why the quality of those games is still pretty, uh, pretty darn good because guys, guys will put out and it, you just don't want floaters around. There's a joy to the game. It's the greatest game in the world. There's a joy to it. But the joy is in hard work. If you don't enjoy that, maybe maybe you're in the wrong sport. You know, figure it out early on and and 
sooner or later, whether you're in minor hockey or whether you're playing in the beer league or you're playing a drop-in game, if you're a floater, you're going to flunk out. Agreed. Well, episode 36 of War on the Hockey Podcast, we are going to take a quick um, little ad break, mention some of the friends of the show uh, here, and we will be right back with you. Episode 36, War on the Hockey Podcast. Um, thank you for uh, letting us listen to um, to us rant and rave and, and applaud our, our friends of the show. And thank you um, for letting us uh, kind of get our emotions out a little bit regarding the importance of uh, the qualities and characteristics uh, we all should have. In episode 36, War on the Hockey Podcast. Um, thank you for... Uh, Letting us listen to um, to us rant and rave and, and applaud <laughs> our our friends of the show, and thank you um, for letting us uh, kind of get our emotions out a little bit regarding the importance of uh, the qualities and characteristics uh, we all should have, and not only in life but in sport. Um, as was referenced in the ad spot, um, Ryan Walter. Um, is a great example of that type of type of man and that type of person who sure who is. teaches uh, the leadership um, not only for business but sport and everything that goes into it. And uh, so it, Ryan Walter is a prime example, is what I'm trying to say of a of a guy who has the intangibles to not only be successful in the game but also be successful in life. And and so we mentioned him in the ad spots not only because we had him on as a guest and and all that stuff, but because he's a friend of the show and we, we want to help him continue to grow what he's doing as well as ourselves. So Ryan Walter and RyanWalter.com, like was mentioned. So he's a great friend of the show and he's the prime example of the intangibles that we talk about. Yep. He is exactly what we're talking about. Just wanted about. to put that out. Uh, now that we've talked intangibles, do we, are, is there anything you have left to add for intangibles? Anything we are moving on to? There's, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not reaching here at all, but I have there, but beer plays a role in all this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I've seen the beer taken off the bus as a punishment. I've seen more beer put on the bus as an incentive or as a reward. I've seen, uh, I, I know it happened in Calgary a couple of years ago. This team was struggling, really having trouble. They just, uh, I believe Glenn Gullitson was the uh, the coach at the time. He said, guys, either get on the bus and and take the beer cooler to the back and figure it out, or as soon as we get back to the hotel, pile into the bar and get this deal sorted out. They, I think they won seven out of eight after that. There's When we get done playing, there's always a couple of pops in the room. Somebody, you know, every, we take turns bringing beer every week. It's... It's just part of the game. It just simply is. Uh, it's not. It's not a detriment. It's not a bad example. It's just. It's just what. It's who we are, and that's why. Uh, that's why there's breakaway brewing. There's a. There's a reason it's called breakaway. Uh, I just enjoy. I enjoy the, and it's part of the intangible aspect. You, you gotta be friends. You gotta be buddies. You don't have to be the best pal with every single one of the 23 guys on your team, but you got to get along and you got to be able to disagree. And sometimes it takes a couple of beer to get that done. I have, I get one other problem though. 
Hey, go for it. The floor know, is yours. I hate to, listen, let me, let me remind everybody again. If you make a paycheck playing hockey, whether it's in Europe or whether it's in the coast or the AHL, let alone if you've ever played one shift in the National Hockey League, I salute you. I will never look down my nose at anybody. Sometimes we talk about guys less favorably than others, but it is not out of disrespect for what they do. I get... Vaclav Nedomansky, honestly. What about him? He was just inducted into the into the Hall of Fame. Okay. He played 400 games in the National Hockey League. Okay. I think he had 250 or 275 points. Yeah. Are we really... Are we, is that how far we're reaching now to put people in the Hall of Fame? Now, this is a Hall of Fame with Gretzky and Howe and Richard and Lemieux. Vaclav Nedomansky, and you can't put Cujo in, right? Okay, They're- on the basis of that, I will agree regarding the Curse Joseph. Uh, the devil's advocate that I want to play is, what about Nedomansky you don't like, aside from Curse Joseph being in the Hall of Fame? Because the the amount of points is kind of irrelevant just because there's people who have the same number of points as him in the Hall of Fame. There's a number what? of players that that played 200? that played the game the way he did type of thing that are in the... Sergei Zuboff was just inducted in the Hall of Fame. If you're going off of points, there's plenty of defensemen in the Hall of Fame that, that don't... Ha- well, defensemen you- specifically, right? So who... Inherently, because of the position they play, are not going to have the same a large I'm number just of points. Saying, so, this guy was a forward. The only thing he did, which is considerable, is he defected from communist Czechoslovakia in 1972, which is a basically a life-threatening move. So I applaud him for that. But this is not a social commentary. The national, the, the, I keep trying to call it the National Hockey League Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame is not about what you did in society. I salute the guy for leaving communist Czechoslovakia, but the the Hall of Fame, if you're putting every forward in the Hall of Fame who has 275 points career, you're going to need to build seven or eight more Halls of Fame. That's all I'm saying. And here's a, and then and I I rant on this all the time. Curtis Joseph undrafted fifth all-time in wins. Now now that Luongo has retired and Lundquist is going to be retiring soon, they are always talking about how these guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. Neither of them have a cup. They have the same number of wins as Curtis Joseph. All well and good. If it's good for one, it's good for all. Don't, I mean, apply the standard across the game. I just don't understand the... It reeks of desperation to put Vaclav Nedomansky in the Hall of Fame. It's just, I, I, I can't imagine how many pages of guys they went through to find him. Well, maybe, now that I don't know much about him, so this is just me being devil's advocate, okay? So this is not me being argumentative, this is just devil's advocate. Maybe he's... Maybe he's being put into the Hall of Fame because of what he represents regarding the growth of the game. 
leaving communist Czechoslovakia and and representing a a country and a population of of athletes and people that can contribute to the game and just haven't been given that opportunity yet and he breaks through. He was the I don't, first one. I don't want to I don't want to compare because I'm sure listeners will have a field day of of <laughs> of it if I start comparing it to uh, Jackie Robinson, but the context of it is the same. Jackie Robinson breaks through as the first black man to play baseball. Right. Right. Well, in obviously in a different way, but in a similar context on the basis of being the first anyway, he's, he breaks free from communist Czechoslovakia and he, the first one or one of the first ones to be in the NHL. First one. So maybe it's less about the points and less about anything like that and what he represents for the growth of the game. Don't try to talk sense with me. I don't, I'm not buying that common sense because, nonsense. Because, don't give me logic here. Because what I will say is I will agree with you on the basis of, of that, that if you if you start inducting people for all these reasons, for simply having 200 points or whatever else, you may as well open it up to literally everybody, and here's the trophy for participating conversation all over again. Uh, there you go, bingo. But, no, but I, I get what he did. I get what out he of did. The, but out of the basis of benefit of the doubt, maybe the league is honoring him and congratulating him and celebrating him no for question. for what no he question. represents for the growth of the game not only in general but for the growth of the game for the Czechs and and in, in that side of the world and that population yeah, being was, the, being the first so he was a pioneer and he probably put himself and his family at amazing risk mm-hmm. to do what he did and and I just it really irritates the crap out of me when you make sense I just can we move on? Because I was mad. <laughs> Did I just ruin your your uh, you two minutes for instigating? Ruined my there? day, let alone two minutes for instigating. If Cujo was in the hall, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Put anybody in there you want. This is not a. This is a travesty that has gone on long enough. And the other one was that they waited until after Pat Burns passed away to put him in, which was horrible. Don't know what they're thinking there. I got I got to corner somebody someday that has a vote and find out what's going on. I will agree with the Cujo thing, but I just wanted to be devil's advocate with the Nedimansky <laughs> thing. You know that you maybe just like arguing with me. That's all. I it's it, well, it's fun. Like you and you and my brother like to do, and that is point things out for the sake of pushing buttons. <laughs> but so I I like to do it in turn sometimes. But in all honesty, you know, for the sake of devil's advocate, you know. Nedimansky, from what I hear about him, he was a pioneer for the Czechs and, yes, and everything like that. He so absolutely was. in that regard, maybe he is deserving of the Hall of Fame nod. Probably that's, re- that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I would say he's probably responsible for a lot of guys making it under the wire and getting to the National Hockey League. No, no, uh, no less than, you know, the Stastny brothers or somebody like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I got all that. I just want to, I just want to yap about it because Cooch is not in there yet. I I agree. Coo- Joseph deserves to be in um, for several different reasons. So um, I'm with you at least on that one. So hey, I agree with you. See, I agreed on something. So there you go. <laughs> in a backhanded kind of way, yes, you do. No, you. I mean, the point about Nedimansky is fine. That, that's perfectly. 
perfectly legitimate. I, but there's, there's another thing that, that came up. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about last week. And it, it dawned on me that I, I really think there needs to be a moratorium on buzzwords or catchphrases. And if you've ever, if you've ever watched much analysis on television, whether it's intermission or anything else, you're going to hear, you're going to hear tape to tape, back of the net. You're going to hear elevating your need game. Me to, need me to read it? <laughs> you're going to hear. I, or at least I can hold it on my side of the table so you can. And you're going to hear everybody is unbelievable. This guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable save. Unbelievable pass or shot. Everything's not unbelievable. Save that for something that's really unbelievable. Net front presence it's just a guy standing there. It's traffic. Why all the fancy sounding phrases? And it's and it's absolutely litters the business world. When you when you talk to somebody in the business world, and I thank God I'm retired, but here's the ones that they are always hitting. At the end of the day, emotional roller coaster, wake up call learning curve what like deep dive <laughs> touching base reaching out why do we have these kind of terms for everyday stuff like hey phone me that doesn't mean reach out or touch base or anything it means talk to me what in the world are do they lay awake at night trying to think of this nonsense come on Am I to agree with you or play devil's advocate? I want to. I want to ask before I. I, I want to ask before I go one way or the other. It's your show. You do whatever you want. <laughs> it's fun to be devil's advocate. I'll be devil's advocate. Okay. I, first of all, can, can I ask what your issue with the buzzwords are? Is it? age thing for you it must be because it's just not you know and it just doesn't i don't understand why it is that you can't just you can't have traffic you got to have net front presence well it's a it's word choice but you can't play better you got to elevate but uh, devil's advocate says that okay you're on national television you're a broadcaster you're you're a broadcaster who um and this now, let me just say that this might be a whole different topic about whether or not broadcasters should even be some broadcasters should even be on TV. But but the point started the point that. is the point is you go to journalism school right, and you learn to write, you learn creative writing, you learn how to ask questions. Which again, a lot of dumb questions being asked out there. But you learn to you learn how to interview you. I mean, go down the list. You learn synonyms and and things yeah. to use other than the stereotypical everyday word. And you learn these things. And so it's your job to go out there and do things in a way that, you know, is unique and different. And it's different to use the word, wow, you know, since his rookie year, Miko Rantanen really elevated his game rather than to just say he's playing better because that's different. I mean, 
how it's not exciting or interesting to get on national television on a microphone and say, wow, you know what? So-and-so is just, wow, he's just playing better. It's, it's interesting and it's exciting to come out and say, you know what? He's really elevated his game because, because of this reason or that reason or in this way. Or, wow, net front presence rather than just simply standing in front. I mean, Traffic. there, there's different. So, if, so defend this one for me. Oh, tell me about this. Now one. we're throwing out challenges on, yeah, the, on defending. I, I but I, here, I will agree. Before you do this, I will agree with you that not everything can be unbelievable. No. If something's unbelievable, that that sets it apart, which means one, only one, if maybe a few, can be unbelievable. Reminds me of Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother, when everything he said was legendary yeah right everything was legendary and everything is the dream and make fun of the character ted mosby all you want but he had it right when he confronted barney and said look everything's legendary to you it that's not possible something only one thing can be legendary only one thing can be the dream right so i will agree with you on that not everything can be unbelievable so I'm agreeing. So okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to do You're both. Gonna, I'm going to agree and be devil's advocate. Agreed with me. I think most of this comes from the Lloyd Christmas school of journalism, but here's the worst one. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so how many times in any given hockey broadcast do you see a, and this happens in player interviews, they'll get a coach or a player intermission or after a game, and they will have just won game five of the series or something. And the interviewer will ask the player, how important was it for you to score the first two goals tonight? Or how important is it for you to get off to a good start? Tell me how much it means to you to have Connor McDavid back in the lineup. How important is oh, I that? I can't out... Can you... That, yeah, Could that, you preface it another way? Is that a rhetor- is that a rhetorical question? Because you know I can't defend that. I just I just said that I can't defend that. I just said that it's a whole other okay. to- it's a whole other topic about journalism school and the ones that shouldn't be on TV and shouldn't you know this and that. I and there's a lot of dumb questions out there. I agree with you on that. How do you? But that's feel? not what that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is buzzwords and well, whether or not the buzzwords should be used or not. It's, so. it, I guess it's not a buzzword or a buzz for a catchphrase necessarily, but it, it starts almost every question. How important was it to have your family here for your thousandth game? How important is it to get the first goal or to have this guy, 100-point guy, back in your lineup? What is he supposed to say? It's not really that big of a deal. Well, we really don't care if McDavid's back in the lineup or not. It, it's irrelevant one way or the other you got to figure out another way to frame that question. Well, Lead the guy to the answer you want. So you're so way. you're relating the bad questions to buzzwords. Exactly. It's laziness. It's an absolute lazy okay, way. Okay, well if go we're going to go down that rabbit hole, then you're at 100%. There's dumb questions, there's people that should that you need to either figure put out more effort way, into put it. more effort into it, figure out a better way to do it or right. you shouldn't be on TV. Right. And you shouldn't be doing this job. It's the same thing that comes off like sour grapes and bitterness. But it's a you know why are why are some people pulling hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do this job with clearly not putting much effort into it? And then there's others, and you know that 
know the game and really put the effort in, you know, you and me have fun doing it. And I like to think you and I, you know, know what we're talking about at least somewhat. And we at least put enough effort in to sound different and interesting. Right. And, and yet we don't get a call to work for, for anybody because we didn't go to journalism school. Right. So I think there's at 100%, I'm I I'm I'm with you on that. The questions need to be better. It's what like the question that was asked of um, Ole Jokinen when he's hit Richard Zednick in the neck with his skate. Oh yeah. And the r- reporter immediately after the game said, "How do you feel how about you, this?" How did you it, feel? And Jokinen actually, and good for Jokinen, he actually responded by saying, "How do you think I feel?" <laughs> So it, it's it, it's one hundred percent, and I agree on that. If we're going to go down that rabbit okay, hole, okay. Let's but. let's tie it to our intangible discussion then. Now the the work ethic and the preparation, and the desire and the will to be the best and to give a hundred percent and to literally give one hundred percent to your job, applies to the people holding the microphones, just like it applies to the people holding the sticks. Apply yourself ask a smarter question you know what answer you want to lead the guy to figure out another way then how important was it to fill in the blank because every question begins the same way it's just laziness and it goes back to our intangible discussion so it all makes sense now right now we're going intangibles of reporters (laughs) well (laughs) which now could be a whole other rabbit hole if you want to talk about the media and things, but well, it's the same we, as the we, guy, uh, the neighbor that that leaves his Christmas lights up all year long. Like, have a little more pride in what you do than that. And if you listen, if you're listening and you leave your Christmas lights on uh, on your house all year long, no offense, <laughs> except offense, because <laughs> we're not saying that if we don't think that they shouldn't be up all year. So let let's just, just be let's just that, be honest. Maybe it's the, just the easy way out. That's all. It's true. Anyway. It's the mentality of, hey, I got to put them up again next year, so I may as well just leave them. Yeah. Well, if you see those lights up in, in July, you know that they're either early or late. Well, anyways, uh, intangible discussion this week. Pretty lighthearted, fun, but um, meaningful conversation. Um, well, it ma- you know what? It, 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 to, it matters. To go back to what, we, what originally got us on this topic was looking at why this first round pick never played a game, why this undrafted guy is in the hall of fame, why this team is decimated with injuries and they they keep winning, why the St. Louis blues went from last to first. It's, it's in the intangibles. It's in all of the different things that make up the intangibles that you cannot, you can't define them, but you can sure see them. They're, they're obvious. Yeah. But that's, it's just so important. So when you're watching a guy play and you don't understand why he's gone cold or why this team has just lost four out of five with the same guys that just won eight out of 10, it's just the way the, it's the way the world bounces. But it's sometimes when you see a long standing pattern, it's intangibles. It's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, <laughs> Anything we need to touch on uh, before we, we close out? I think we kind of covered everything intangible-wise and whatever else. So anything that we um, want to mention or um, needs to be discussed this week um, before uh, time passes and we get to next week? 
I think we're going to start seeing some coaching jobs fall. Think so? Yeah. I, I don't think we will get to, we won't get to Christmas before there's going to be a couple guys looking for work. Don't know who yet. Depends on what happens over the next week or so. Uh, heck, by the time this thing airs, we might have a, a coaching change for all I know. Yep. So keep an eye on that one. Alrighty. Well, uh, oh, 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 and we got to have a world junior show coming up. Let's do a world junior show in December before the tournament kicks off. Okay. Prior to that. Christmas time. Yep. I, you know how much I love that. That's always, that's been a staple in our house forever. Yep. We can do that. All right. Well, uh, Good, good discussion this week. Intangibles, uh, amongst other things. Um, what are we looking forward to this coming week? Well, I'm going again from here to Breakaway, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm not thinking long term, so I don't know beyond that one. I, I honestly, my the next big thing for me is going to be seeing um, when they when they go to camp for the World Juniors. Probably going to be another month, but watching the. Um, as we talked about on last week's show, watching the standings sort themselves out, you really, you really start to see separation now between the the good, the bad, and the we're not sure yet. And it's uh, that's always a that's always a fun sifting out process to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking I, forward I don't to have that. anything to answer on what to look forward to because I say the same thing every week. I'm just excited for more hockey and and. Uh, all the things to come with NCAA hockey, with um, Major Junior, with uh, Junior A, with NHL, uh, the World Junior Tournament coming up, uh, different things like that. Uh, as we get farther in the season, the the AHL guys that they get a chance with different teams um, to play themselves into a position to either earn a roster spot or be a black ace come uh playoff time different exactly things like that right. good uh, so point it's, there it's exciting it's and and in reference you're seeing a number of guys in colorado right now that are getting a serious look for for come that time right to be well, yeah to be an extra come playoff time to be a guy that that in the next year or two when um contracts run out or guys age out or whatever happens to be the next guy up type of thing so you're you're seeing a number of that and in, and as a result it's interesting to see who they are because you 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 look at it you look at it um and you you can look at the depth charts and you can look at prospects and you can predict and then they may or may not be that way. Hundred percent. Col- Colorado, you would think it's Martin Kaut, Logan O'Connor, maybe AJ Greer, uh, maybe Shane Bowers, but really, so far it's TJ Tynan, it's Jason Megna, Megna it's yeah. you know, it's Vlad Kamenev, it's guys like that. Um, it's it, Antoine there- Bebo, it's Adam Werner. I mean, and and things. Goalies are a little different because those are more specific with with less guys for that position. But my point still being valid it's you're seeing the who the guys are that will that may play themselves into a position to um to have at least a black ace spot come playoff time if not a roster spot so it's interesting to not just colorado i mean i'm talking the league as a whole it's interesting to see with different teams who who's the next man up and what and how that plays out so it's an opportunity it is an opportunity you you never know who's going to get the opportunity because you you can't predict injuries but when you get you get two or three deeper into your into your organization at any given position than you ever thought you were going to it's like the old saying goes never let a good crisis go to waste 
you got a kid here who might just have that intangible. He might have that work ethic or that clutch performance kind of uh, character about him that you give him a four or five game shot in the middle of the season to, to uh, get an opportunity to play in the show and you might not ever see him go back down again. Yep. So, so that's, that's a really, really good point about what we're seeing now, especially when teams are having a lot of injury trouble, uh, having trouble competing. So you're going to put somebody in the press box and call someone up out of the A. Oh yeah. I mean, that's well, and like we talked about last year, two years ago, Jordan Bennington was in the, in the coast. Fast forward a year and a half, he's got the cup over his head. So it's exactly what it's all about. Well, anyway, uh, thank you again for tuning in. Our listeners are the driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for tuning in and for the continued support. Um, head to uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is War Room the Hockey Podcast, at War Hockey, and at War Room the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Give us a like and a follow. Head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe and you uh, leave a rating and a review, preferably a five-star rating, and um, share with family and friends. Continue to help uh, this show grow, um, and we appreciate the continued support. Thank you for joining again in the studio this week. Always fun. Thank you. Uh, I am Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.